0: Bridgebank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. Bridgebank, a division of Western Alliance Bank, Bridgebank. Be Bold, venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's hey podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mindshift, Right Nowish and more all tell the stories of the bay and beyond
1: from KQED. There's
0: nothing like a little rattle to get you to start thinking real hard about how prepared you are for a big earthquake. And let's just say these last few quakes to hit the Bay Area reminded me that uh, I ain't ready. And I know I'm not alone. This week marked three decades since the Loma Prieta earthquake, and in light of this latest series of quakes to hit the Bay Area, we're gonna get it together and prepare for the next big quake. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, welcome to the Bay.
1: So this week was the 30th anniversary of the Loma Prieta earthquake, which struck the Bay Area in 1989.
0: Peter Arcuni is a reporter for KQED Science.
1: We were sitting around over at KQED Science cuz earthquakes are something we cover and we were thinking about, you know, what we wanted to do and so we're thinking about let's, you know, let's try to help people get prepared and what would be a good way to do that and uh, what we came up with is, well, why don't we just try it? The whole process of getting prepared can be really intimidating. What I decided to do was spend an hour a day doing earthquake prep. I thought, at best, that's probably the amount of time somebody could carve out, given their their regular life.
0: Peter put together some stories for KQED's morning edition, documenting his journey preparing for a big earthquake. He set aside one hour of dedicated prep time a day for four days.
1: So the first thing I did day one is I opened up my laptop, went to Google, typed earthquake prep. And just started clicking on links. And five minutes later, I was just frazzled and overwhelmed, shut my laptop, (laughs) took a couple deep breaths, and I said, I have to get somebody on the phone. So I called up, um, so I called up Cal OES, which is the Governor's Office of Emergency Services. That's the agency that helps with emergency planning in California. And I just needed to talk to somebody. Whether it's an earthquake, a flood, a fire, the number one thing people need to do is, is have a plan. That's Brian Ferguson with California's Office of Emergency Services. He told me spending even a little time talking through a disaster scenario with the people under your roof can make a big difference. I think it's a great dinner table conversation that all families should have of if there's an emergency, here's what we would do. You know, we would meet you at this place. We would go this way. So tonight, I'm going to sit down with my wife and our four-year-old daughter, Izzy, to make sure we have a plan. So Izzy, do you know what an earthquake is?
0: It's when the ground shakes and you have to go out um, of your house or hide under the table.
1: Hide under the table, that's a really good idea. My gosh, you know more than I do. All right. She down? She's down. After the little one's in bed, my wife Maureen and I retire to the couch and get to work. I open my laptop, she's got her spiral notebook earthquake planned Using a checklist we found on the U.S. Geological Survey's website, we reviewed our escape routes, made a list of emergency contacts. Your mom. I think my mom. Yeah. And after a bit of deliberation, picked out a local meetup spot.
0: Okay, so we're going think... to change it. It's going to be number one, Noe Valley Town Square. Yeah. Alright, final answer?
1: I think, the, I think the final answer? Final answer. Well, hon, thank you for helping us get ready.
0: Yeah, this wasn't bad. This didn't take as much time as I thought it would.
1: Yep, 56 minutes. Well, one of the things I wanted to do was see how much fun I could have doing it. It sounds a little weird when thinking about disaster, but you know, it doesn't have to be a drag. So involving my family and my friends in the process made it more productive and more fun. Day two was all about shopping. So I printed out a supply list from the American Red Cross and I just went through and tried to knock out all the supplies. Last night, my wife and I rummaged through our hallway closet in search of stuff we'd need in an emergency. We did find an AM-FM radio to hear emergency alerts. A hand crank powers the batteries. Our first aid supplies were running low. So to build a proper survival kit, I'd need to do some shopping. Using a checklist from the American Red Cross, we ran down the essential items we were missing. Non-perishable food, water, cash, first aid, and pharmacy items. First stop, the grocery store. In the cart here. And here I am, water. 7, 8, and 9. And that is what 9 gallons of water looks like. And they're under a dollar each, so not bad. And now we're going to go for some canned goods. And, you know what, i am picking refried beans. The cool thing about these is they have the top, a little tab that you can just pop open so you don't need a can opener online to check out. That took just about 20 minutes. Then, off to the bank. Okay, I'm getting cash. Because if the power goes out, so do the ATMs. Preparedness experts recommend getting small bills so you won't need change. I did 40 and 10s, 40 and 5s, 18 ones, and one $2 bill for good luck. After a quick run to the pharmacy, it was time to load up the car and see how I did. I don't want to be overconfident here, but I'm actually feeling pretty good. In one fast and furious hour, I knocked out most of my list. I still need some local maps and a cell phone charging pack. I'll see if I can track those down tomorrow when I put together my kit. And if running errands just isn't your thing, you can buy ready-made survival kits online from the American Red Cross and Amazon.
0: I'm really curious because as you were kind of going through all of this, uh, there was a 4.5 magnitude earthquake that hit on Monday evening. Right, right. What was going through your head when that happened?
1: I'll tell you exactly what was going through my head. I was writing the blog post. Oh my God. For the next day, on my couch, shaking. I had all my supplies, but I hadn't put them anywhere. So I I decided to put together the kits. Lately, I've spent a lot of time sifting through closets. Today's goal, finding a bag to hold my earthquake supplies. I think I got it. Okay, let me grab these things. The U.S. Geological Survey's Earthquake Handbook recommends everyone keep a personal survival kit in an easy-to-grab bag, like a backpack, in an easy-to-reach spot. Along with that to-go bag, you can keep a larger household emergency kit in a watertight plastic container to use if you're trapped at home. I'm back from my expedition to the closet, and we found this green plastic bin and pretty good-sized backpack. After packing the kits, and stashing them around the house, I turned my attention to something I hadn't thought about. Say a big earthquake hits at two in the morning. Suddenly there's no lights and stuff like broken glass all over the floor. Then what? Cynthia Shaw from Red Cross Northern California offers this solution.
0: Keep a sturdy pair of shoes um, and a flashlight under your bed or next to your bed in case an earthquake hits at night.
1: That'll ensure you can get up, safely check on loved ones, grab your supplies, and go, if you have to. Better yet, put those shoes and a flashlight in a bag and tie it down, right near where you sleep. Yep, so about an arm's length. Reach under there, grab that, tear it open. I've got shoes, I've got a flashlight, I'm ready to go. Survival prep matters at home, at work, or in the car. It's a good idea to keep emergency kits in all these places. Day four was all about home improvement, so securing my home and making it more earthquake safe. I'm Gonna walk through my house right now and try to identify a few problem spots. Hear that? That's a glass picture frame from a pretty big print. Uh, this hangs right over our couch and we love it, but it's gonna have to go. Something else to look for? Bookshelves cluttered with would-be projectiles. Ours is pretty crowded. It's got picture frames, a couple of vintage cameras, lots of books. Then a quick trip to Glen Park Hardware, where employee Madison Hatfield showed me a few things that could help make my home more earthquake safe.
0: So this is a museum wax. It's for professionally anchoring artifacts, collectibles, glass, and you put it underneath items to prevent them from falling. So these are furniture safety
1: straps. Do you get a lot of people in here asking about this kind of stuff? No, actually. Until now, guilty as charged, I went with the museum wax and a heavy-duty frame hanger. Thanks so much for your help. Yeah, have a good one, guys. At home, I moved that big print away from the couch. Lift this off the wall. Oh, yeah, this is heavy. OK. We got this rehung. Looks like it's a safer spot, and uh, hopefully Maureen approves. And that is it for my four hours of earthquake prep. So I want to I want to be clear. There were things I didn't do. You know, there were things I did not bolt my furniture to my wall. Everybody's plan is going to be different. So you really have to hone in on your own circumstances, whether it's your family or where you live. Um, and really customize your survival plan and your survival needs to your own life. The take home I just kept, you know, coming back to was that anything you do is going to help. And that's the goal of this. Hmm. You know, you can't do everything in four hours, but you can do a lot. You can do a whole lot.
0: And do you feel more prepared?
1: Oh, yeah. I feel so much more prepared. Um, I feel, I feel so much more prepared. I feel so much more educated, uh, and also a little bit humbled, so you know, like th- there's more to be done.
0: The idea of preparing for an earthquake still kind of paralyzes me. But knowing what to do is the first step. So thanks, Peter Arkuni, who's a reporter for KQED Science. You can find more tips and resources from Peter on how to stay prepared on our website, kqed.org/slash science. If you liked this episode, say hi to us on Twitter. We're at the Bay KQED. The Bay was produced this week by me, Kiana Mogadam, Julie Kane, and editor Erica Aguilar. Kiki leadership team includes Vinnie Tong, Julie Kane, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernick. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. That's it for The Bay. See you next week. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in depth, long form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz-Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts within a nest